Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is health news. Are you ready for another outbreak story? Or contamination I'm, story? I'm I mean? always <laughs> ready for another contamination story. According to the CDC, public health officials are investigating a salmonella outbreak across multiple states that has been linked to contact with pet hedgehogs. That makes sense. <laughs> Sure. Right. Um, <laughs> the outbreak strain, Salmonella typhurium. <laughs> Salmon- Salmonella typhimurium. There we go. Sure. There we go. Has infected 11 people across eight states based on the cases reported so far. There has been one hospitalization, but no deaths connected to this outbreak. The CDC believes that hedgehogs are behind this outbreak because of, quote, epidemiologic and laboratory evidence. Ten of the 11 individuals affected by the strain had come in contact with a hedgehog shortly before becoming ill. Additionally, samples collected from three different hedgehogs living in the homes of the infected individuals contained the outbreak strain. Now, how did these hedgehogs all collectively get this (laughs) is a good question that I don't know. Oh, (laughs) I thought that was going to be the next. No, it's not. No, I'm just... Stating that I don't know the answer It's a that. mystery. Um, they say the supplier of the hedgehogs has yet to be identified. So the CDC is warning all hedgehog owners to be cautious. Um, apparently hedgehogs can spread salmonella germs through their droppings. Ugh. So to protect yourself, your hedgehog, and those handling your pet, the CDC remains, recommends that anyone who comes in contact with a hedgehog or something a hedgehog has touched wash their hands thoroughly with soap and water. <laughs> And then further, they say, don't kiss or snuggle hedgehogs because this can spread salmonella germs to your face and mouth and make you sick. The CDC added about close contact with the pets. (laughs) Um, And the investigation is still ongoing and updates are available on the CDC website. It seemed like they would also hurt to kiss because of, you know, the whole pointy Yeah, so side note, side discussion here. Uh Um, Kissing a hedgehog, Mm -hmm. holding and snuggling it to your face. Yeah. Exactly what you just said. Those seem like uncomfortable actions. They are pokey, right? Like, I've never touched one, but I assume they are. I thought they would be. kind of like their whole thing. I thought that was, too. Like, that's why it's called a hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) The whole outside of it is, like, spikes. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I don't know who's going around kissing these things. I didn't know that this was a common pet, either. I've, I've known two people who had them. Really? Yeah. The one... The one stunk really bad. Like the hedgehog, oh. it stunk. I don't know why it was so stinky, but I would not want to kiss it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my face anywhere near it. I wanted, I wanted to be physically far away from it. I've never known anyone that owned one, so I, I didn't realize this was a common pet. But apparently, it is because yeah, it's common enough. So that it's common enough that there's an, <laughs> an outbreak of salmonella from them. So <laughs> if you have one, or if you know someone that has one, just uh, be careful. Yeah. Okay, my first story is entertainment news. It comes from a website called popculture.com. I've never heard of it, but it sure seems like they okay. should know about entertainment. Yeah. Um, the headline reads, Ashton Kutcher gives out phone number to fans, encourages them to text him. Really? Yep. Oh. So, 
It's uh, unusual. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher surprised everyone on Tuesday by tweeting a phone number where fans could reach him for a, quote, real connection. Uh, he tweeted out, I miss having a real connection with people, my community. From now on, you can just text me. I won't be able to respond to everyone, but at least we can be real with each other, and I can share the unedited latest and greatest in my world. And then it had the phone number and said, yes, this is my number. <laughs> so it's just out wow. there. Um, so whether or not this was actually his personal cell phone number or not is unclear, um, but the number does seem to work. Um, when you call it, uh, there are a few rings before his voice cuts in and says, who leaves voice messages? Just text me. And then it cuts out without giving you the option for voicemail. So okay. I don't know if it's like through some service or something. Um, Cause that's what it kind of appears to be. So you text it and it sends something back to say like, click here and it'll be added to his contacts so that like he knows what your phone number is. Oh. Um, and then uh, people were reporting that they seem to be getting authentic texts back from him. After, wow. After this, after the fact, though the article didn't have any examples, I was kind of hoping they would. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you really want to text Ashton Kutcher, now that that option is out there, the number will be in the linked article. I don't want to put it on here. That just seems that, irresponsible. It just, it just seems, <laughs> it's just un- uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And some people have suggested that the number might be a prank associated with Punked, that show that he was uh, in the early 2000s on MTV. Oh. Um, um, others guessed that they were just signing up for some kind of mailing list. And another theory was that Kutcher had been hacked. But like I said, some of the messages seemed real. Or at least like, hmm. if he was hacked, then somebody is pretending to be him. Which is weird, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I. How do you feel about this? I. It's just. It seems weird to me. I don't know. I'm. Like, I feel though. I feel like he is that level of celebrity where this is probably fine. Like where he used to be a lot bigger, and now he's not yeah, really. Yeah, and he's I've got also, the name recognition. But I've that's seen about it. a few kind of like interviews and things where Ashton Kutcher is just talking about life and different things and he seems like a really cool person yeah and based off of that i actually am not surprised that he would do something like this if it's legit but i doubt that it's his actual personal phone number oh yeah like, no, i think that it, would it be, has to be some type that would of be side. actually insane yeah that would actually be <laughs> pretty wild um uh, yeah i'm sure it's, it's going through some, some kind like of service, service yeah but it's still kind of neat but i i um from my limited exposure to the way he deals with fans and stuff i'm not I wouldn't be surprised if it actually was legit and he actually was like responding to people about their questions and things. That seems cool. Are you going like, to try it? No. I don't think <laughs> I, don't, I am either. I don't have anything to say to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Ashton, uh, haven't really watched any of your stuff. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I liked you in The Butterfly Effect. <laughs> I think that's the only movie I've seen that he's in, which is very obscure, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know he's. Well, he was in that '70s show, right? Or is that? Yeah, I, I think so. But and I've then never seen that. That was the his, ranch like, is like on the Netflix show he was in. But I never oh. watched any of that either. So I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, Ashton and I have nothing to talk about, so I'm just I'm not going to bother texting him. But I just thought that was an interesting but, uh, choice of if his. You're listening, and you want to text him? Yeah. You can yeah? The link will be in the show notes. Have fun. Okay, my next story is technology news. This is from CNN, but was reported on a lot of other sources as well. There's a bug with Apple FaceTime. Did you see this? Oh, yeah, I did see this. So it's kind of like a PSA. Yeah. Uh, There is a frightening software bug in some Apple products, 
at the moment. The bug happens on iPhones and iPads running iOS 12.1 and Apple PCs running Mac OS Mojave, which have the recently added group FaceTime feature. When the bug is activated, the person who initiates or who initiated the call is able to hear the live audio of the other person's phone, even though the recipient has not accepted the call. And their screen gives no indication that their conversation is being transmitted. Uh-huh. In some cases, the bug can also show live video of the other person uh-huh. if they press a volume button to dismiss the call, and it still like won't tell you that you're like in the call. So that's yeah. isn't that terrifying? It's so terrifying. I mean, I um, never use FaceTime anyway, so I'm not really I don't that really worried about either. it. But I don't really use FaceTime either, but. It's just good to know, because a lot of people do use it. And so I believe, probably by the time you hear this, there'll be some update. There might already be one that I didn't see, but I think they're going to release like a bug fix or something um, pretty soon. I'm going to check my phone right now. Um, This is happening But in the meantime, if if you don't, or if you have that version, it's iOS 12.1. I believe there's a preference in the settings somewhere that you can like, disable FaceTime calls or something like that. If hmm. if this worries you, you can do that and then it will not let anyone like call you through FaceTime. So That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. No so, yeah, no PSA. update yet, but yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be an update soon because that is a terrifying that's, bug. That's That's It's just not why good. is that even a thing? Like why would that be Why would anything be getting transmitted until the other party has accepted the call? That's just so strange to me. It is. And since you are a software engineer, I feel like you might be able to understand that more than me, but I guess you don't either. So Well, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm like. like what, what did you do the, to allow this to happen? The um, act of accepting the call, is, it's all electronic, right? Well, you swipe a button, but it's not really, it's not an analog, right? It's not actually sure. like a physical thing. So it's some signal in the software that's saying that this person touched this phone in a certain way to accept it, right? Right. So is it possible that like they some other action accidentally got like linked into that like trigger somehow. Yeah. They just, attached, the they just the attached it to the have phone action. <laughs> so if you have a phone, like, it just answers, any, <laughs> it just answers any call. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Then, <laughs> and then on top of that though, why wouldn't it like just show you that you're in the call? Exactly. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's really strange to me. It's one like, thing if it like auto answers stuff, you know, and you see it, but like it's answering it and you don't even see it on your end. Like, I mean, Apple bizarre. claims all this stuff is so secure. Cure, but like the fact that, like the fact that they're not requiring us, like both parties to have said yes before even like establishing that connection is just bonkers to me. Yeah, it's just it's poor design. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's, there's somewhere along the line bad design decisions were made. It just it's something that should not be allowed to happen. Yeah, like it just doesn't make any sense as like a feature. Which it it, I don't know. I'm I'm flustered. Yeah, it, well, I don't really, I don't want to be, like, ripping on Apple or anything, because I, I do have some of their devices, but, like, I don't, I don't exactly, like, feel like they're great at designing <laughs> things sometimes. This episode definitely not brought to you by <laughs> Apple. Goodness. Anyway, huh. that was that. <laughs> All right. My next story is also technology news. Yay. This comes from Gizmodo. Uh, and don't get too excited. This, the headline is a little... It, it's a little misleading, I think. Okay. Um, neuroscientists translate brainwaves into recognizable speech. Whoa. Right? 
So Whoa. like I said, don't get too excited, but it is it is still pretty cool once okay. you understand what what they actually did. Um, okay. So. Uh, Using brain scanning technology, artificial intelligence, and speech synthesizers, scientists have converted brain patterns into intelligible verbal speech in advance that could eventually give voice to those without. And again, it's just still a little sensationalized. I'm just trying to keep expectations low. (laughs) (laughs) The the new speech system was developed by researchers at the Neural Acoustic Processing Lab at Columbia University in New York City. Um, And... (laughs) To be clear, the neuroprosthetic device isn't translating an individual's covert speech, that is, their thoughts, um, like their imagined speech is what that's apparently called, uh, directly into words. Instead, the system captured an individual's distinctive cognitive responses as they listened to recordings of people speaking, and then a deep neural network was able to decode or translate those patterns, allowing the system to reconstruct speech. So basically, their brain was firing in reaction to somebody saying something, and then they were able to use a neural network t- to change those, like, brain, the, the brain's reaction. They were able to translate it into what the person had been saying. Like, they were able to associate certain, like, the, firing. The response firing to what they to were hearing. what they were hearing. And then through that, like, by doing that, then they were able to feed it into this, like, AI. Um, I, I want to make sure I'm getting the terminology right here. Um, like they were to feed it in this algorithm and then through a speech synthesizer that was able to then say out loud what they had heard just from how their brain had reacted to it. Wow. See, it's still cool. That's still really cool. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like we have technology now where you can like think your speech and like, it'll come out of some device, but like, this is the first time. But why not? Exa- I mean, exactly. That's it's a logical it's next a, step. It's a giant first step in like, Getting towards I'm that assuming technology. that that is the goal Obvi- of this yeah, research, yeah. That right? Is, that is, of course, what they would like to get to. Um, wow. But yeah, so the, in this example, uh, they um, like had the, the participants listen to somebody say the numbers zero through nine in order um, repeatedly, and then were able to take the, like, the brain signals that like the brain, the, it's, I'm so scared I'm going to get terminology wrong here. Um, but like the firing of the brain and like translate that back into zero through nine, like in the synthesizer with no like additional like training outside of the neural wow. network. Like it's so cool. <laughs> um, the team used invasive uh, electrocortico uh, electrocorticography. That sounds sure. good. Um, to measure neural activity as the patients listen to continuous speech sounds, the patients listen to, for example, the uh, speaker reciting digits from zero to nine, and then their brain patterns patterns were fed into the AI-enabled vocoder, resulting in the synthesized speech. Um, the results are very robotic-sounding, but fairly intelligible. Um, in tests, listeners were able to Id- correctly identify the spoken digits around 75% of the time. So, like, from this, like, created speech mm-hmm. and like they were able to identify and they could even tell if the speaker was male or female. Whoa. Which is crazy. Um, so, uh, looking ahead, the researchers would like to synthesize more complicated words and sentences and collect brain signals of people who are simply thinking or imagining the act of speaking. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, another limitation is the, is of the study is that the neural networks in order to do more than just reproduce the words from zero to nine would have to be trained on a very large number of brain signals from each participant because each person's brain is going to have slightly different responses to hearing these things. It's not like a global like oh, okay. understanding. So it would have to be trained on that individual person. Plus this is like an invasive surgery 
So they oh to to, yeah. to get the monitor mm-hmm. in there. They performed it on people who are already going to be undergoing an invasive brain surgery to like reduce the like risk there. But yeah, um, so there's some limitations to it. But it's the first time we've used artificial intelligence to reconstruct speech from brain waves um, generate uh, using known acoustic stimuli, which is like a huge advance. That's so cool. And actually, if you go to the link, you can hear um, what the, uh, I want to see if I can find it. What, again. The, what the output sounded what like? What the output, sound, wow. output sounded like. Um, and it's cool because they have it at different stages of, um, they tried different like combinations of um, technologies and they found one that was like the best in their opinion. Hmm. See, I don't know if I have. So again, it's very robotic, yeah. but like this was produced with like it wasn't pre-selecting like speech like words like it's not like a Siri or something where they have like recordings of words. This is produced entirely like like from scratch from scratch from this network exactly. So it's like, obviously it's not great, but this is the first time we've done anything like this. Wow. So, yeah. That is like, so cool. I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's, it's, it's very neat. It just shows the power of neural networks, too. I love neural networks. And I love machine <laughs> learning. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, my God. There's like an awesome new story, like every single week almost. About I know. About like AI doing new things. Mm-hmm. Okay, my third story is a random local news story. This is from USA Today. A Canadian man was found carrying 5,000 live leeches in his luggage as he returned from a trip to Russia. Why? A beagle working as a sniffer dog for the Canada Border Services Agency made the discovery at the Toronto Pearson International Airport of recently... Um, because the man who had not been named publicly wasn't actively trying to conceal the parasitic critters, he's not been charged with smuggling. Rather, he's charged with illegally importing an internationally regulated species without obtaining the proper permits. I was going to say, is it, a, is it a crime or is it just weird? I was wondering that too as I'm reading this. I'm like, oh no, maybe it's not a crime. No, you have to have a permit to transport leeches apparently. Hmm. Fun facts. (laughs) Another fun side story. Earlier this month, an airline passenger in Berlin was caught trying to smuggle a live 15-inch boa constrictor snake through the airport in his pants. That's not where you put that. That's not where that goes. Um, That's the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) But really, do you need any more? (laughs) I don't think so. Enough. Enough. Enough said. So... Don't try to smuggle animals through the airport in your luggage. Just don't smuggle, probably. Smuggling's a crime. Yeah, yeah, smuggling (laughs) is a crime. (laughs) And even if you're not hiding it, you can be charged (laughs) with um, illegally importing an internationally regulated species without obtaining the proper permits. Yeah, that's a long long law to break. Yeah, (laughs) so don't break the law. Right. Uh, This is some space news. This is from Fox News. The headline reads, NASA's Curiosity Mars rover snaps stunning selfie, starts new adventure on the red planet. Did you see this? No. It's a really cool picture. I will make sure to show it to you. 
Um, the sh- but the story is pretty short, so I'll get through that first. Okay. Uh, the selfie is composed of 57 individual images taken by the, Mar- the Mars rover's Mars Hand Lens Imager, um, or Molly. Um, okay. A camera on the end of the ro- rover's robotic arm, and then the pictures were stitched together into a panorama. Um, the selfie was taken on January 15th and is the last one captured by the rover on Mars's Vera Rubin Ridge, which is the region that it's been exploring. Uh, after taking the picture, the robot left the ridge and traveled to a region called Mount Sharp, where it will examine clay, min- uh, clay minerals that may hold more clues about Mars' ancient lakes. Wow. Um, the Curiosity rover uh, landed on Mars in August 2012 and has more than 12 miles on its odometer. Uh, NASA's Opportunity rover, which was launched in July 2003, remains inoperable on the Red Planet following a June 2018 Martian dust storm. I'm sure you remember yeah, Opportunity. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Um, the rover is now feared, quote, dead, um, although the space agency is still sending commands to the probe in the hope of receiving a response. But now they're, I think they've pretty much given up on Opportunity, Aww. which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, And finally, in November of 2018, NASA announced that it had selected the location where its Mars 2020 rover will land on the red planet. Um, And the rover is expected to land on Mars um, February 18th, 2021. Um, So they're apparently launching a new one next year as well. So they're going to launch it next year and then it'll land take in a year to I guess. get there. Yeah, I think that's how that works. OK, I assume that's why it's called the Mars 2020 rover. It's because it's launching next year. They didn't explicitly oh, that say that. Sense. I don't know why, but I thought it took longer to get there for some reason. Me too. I don't know. I thought just, it took like three years. Why did I think that? I'm just reading the story. <laughs> anyway, this is the picture and it looks, it's wild. It's so high definition and wow. like, it really looks like an alien world, which it is. That's so cool. It's really cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So... That's our. That's the update on our Martian friends. Um, rest in peace. I like calling them our, our Martian friends. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> yeah, well, I will still have some hope for opportunity. Yeah, they haven't given up just yet, but it doesn't look great. All right, it's time for breaking news. Wow, the part of the show where <laughs> Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today. And we read them to you on the fly. Weren't respecting that reaction, were you? <laughs> respecting? No, what did I say? <laughs> Should we just do the whole thing again? <laughs> no, I like this. Okay, oh. ready, set, go! go. <laughs> All right. I found something on Fox News about the polar vortex, which happened this week. Yeah. Um, lots of stuff in the news about that. But a lot of it's kind of depressing. But I found this interesting thing. Um, can birds survive a polar vortex? Can they? Yes, they can. Oh. And I actually was wondering this, like what happens to the animals? That is it. Yeah. During a really, really cold snap. Like, yeah. So just paraphrasing this, birds have evolved to deal with this kind of thing. They can fluff up their feathers to like give them more insulation Hmm. and like increase their metabolism to like keep themselves warm and stuff. And also their legs, I guess, don't have like musculature in them. So the cold doesn't like affect their legs that much or something. So like, yeah. So they kind of just like fluff up and can insulate themselves. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, different species can tolerate different temperatures, but that is how they deal with cold snaps. Um, Yeah. And a lot of the ones that can't deal with them probably just leave. Right. Probably have left already. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If they, like if the species of bird knows that it can't like make it through the winter if it gets too cold or something, it's probably one of those species that migrates south anyway. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Like. It's good to know that they're um, that they're they're okay out yeah. there. Yeah. Because I was wondering that too. I'm like, oh my gosh, the animals. <laughs> <laughs> How do they deal with? It? I mean, I figured like they must have a way to deal with it, but. Now we I know. Didn't know. Now we know. Yeah. The birds are okay. Right. Uh, this story came from USA Today. Uh, Purdue is recalling chicken nuggets for the second time in less than two oh, weeks. No. <laughs> uh oh. So you may remember that <laughs> last week we talked about uh, this company Purdue. Um, <laughs> they had their they had to recall a bunch of their gluten free chicken nuggets because they contained pieces of wood. Um, yes, I do recall that. Haha, ha, recall. Haha. Ha. Um, anyway, now they're recalling more than 16,000 pounds of refrigerated chicken nuggets because of an undeclared allergen and an incorrect UPC code. So this one's less funny. Um, but apparently these oh. chicken nuggets actually contained milk and they didn't say so on the package. Uh, so, um, a clerical error. Yes, the new recall is of fun-shaped chicken nuggets, which I thought was cute. Um, and like I said, about 16,000 pounds or approximately 21,000 packages of the nuggets have to be recalled as part of this. Um, there have been no confirmed reports of adverse reactions to the people eating these nuggets, so that's good. It wasn't found out because somebody was, like, very allergic to milk. Um, and this is the statement that they released. And you can, you can tell that they're probably just flailing over there <laughs> we care deeply about the consumers that buy our products and trust us to provide their families safe high quality food uh the company said tuesday having two recalls in a short period of time is not what consumers expect of us or what we expect of ourselves we are taking a very hard look at our processes to ensure <laughs> that every product that comes from purdue meets those expectations you can only imagine what's going on there in their pr yeah. in their pr department they like, are not having a good time this just this, this cannot this cannot be cannot feel very good on their no. part wow yeah that's not good yeah so, yep, they might need to uh, revisit some things, maybe. Yeah, like should they make chicken nuggets? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it was chicken nuggets both times. Yeah, so. <laughs> just cut it. Maybe just this cut the product. <laughs> cut your losses. Just they make a lot of different chicken products. Just yeah. let the chicken nugget just branch. Let, Something's going on in there. Let, let the nuggets. <laughs> let the nu- nuggets go and just I don't know. Try something else. Yeah, I don't know. Chicken. Uh, patties. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and really whatever app you want to. And while you're there, why not leave us a review? Give us a little rating. Maybe five stars. Maybe five stars and if you want to follow us on social media we're on facebook at facebook.com slash news and on twitter at at news all right we'll see you next week bye, bye. curiosity landed on mars in october uh or wow that's just not the right word that's not the word that it says at all <laughs> <laughs> the curiosity rover uh landed on mars in august